There's a lot of research out there for financial advisors. Most of these clowns don't manage money. We do. Research by Potomac. Click on the link below. Before we start the show, we'd like to remind our audio listeners that this show was developed as a video podcast. If you'd like to see any of the visuals that are referenced in this episode, we invite you to check out our YouTube channel. Simply search for the Conquer Risk podcast. You'll see all the shows we produce, including this one. And just like the audio, you can subscribe to be notified the moment a new episode drops. Enjoy the show. From Research by Potomac and the Conquer Risk podcast, this is Who Charted. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Who Charted, the most exciting six minutes in markets. Hope everybody had a great weekend. This is Dan Russo, Director of Research at Potomac. With me, as always, is Drew Wells, and Drew is going to get us started. Drew, what do you got? All right, we have a chart of gold here. I think uh, this is something that you've heard on the show many times before on buying uh, price versus narrative, right? So we've seen a lot of inflation prints, a lot of news around inflation over the last couple of weeks, and we're seeing gold, you know, continue to not perform well in this environment. So it kind of begs the question, you know, do you want to buy a trend or do you want to buy some narrative that, you know, is, is uh, kind of being purported out there. So gold breaking below that 1680 level right there, below a 50 day moving average, uh, unsurprisingly continuing on to the downtrend there. So uh, relative to the Bloomberg Commodity Index, relative to broad commodities, again, kind of trying to make a higher low, but not really outperforming uh, at all in this environment. So I think this is something that's really important. I kind of, this is one example of many that we could show on sort of narrative versus price, but it's interesting to see this one, uh, you know, kind of play out. It's definitely one to keep an eye on. All right. So my first chart today is something that's interesting, and it's interesting because it outlines something that hasn't happened since 2015. What we're looking at here is the arms arm index or trin. Uh, basically, it's a ratio of a ratio. We're looking at advancing stocks relative to declining stocks divided by um, advancing volume relative to declining volume. The takeaway here is that lower numbers are better. That indicates that there is more volume being traded in stocks that are going up. For the first time since 2015 last week, we had back-to-back readings below 0.50%. So a lot of times people see these things that happen for the first time in a really long time and think it's something to get excited about. For me, like anything else, you got to see confirmation in price. So obviously on the radar screen, but like a lot of other breath type thrust readings that we've seen throughout 2020, um, they've been head fakes, right? So for me, I'm paying attention to the bottom of the chart, right? Trend under 0.5 two days in a row gets my attention. Bottom of the chart now becomes the focus. The S&P 500 still below the moving average. All right, we are still very much in a risk off environment, right? So confirmed by high yield credit spreads here. And I think that um, people might be getting a little bit too excited on the uh, declination of this, uh, of this metric over the last several uh, trading weeks right there. I kind of wanted to take a step back. It's always good to look at things on a higher time frame. It's a three-year chart of both high yield credit spreads and the S&P 500. Credit spreads tend to be just inversely proportional to the S&P and more of a confirmatory rather than a leading or lagging indicator. Take a look at that rising 200-day moving average uh, in credit spreads. You have the inverse happening in the S&P 500. So 
Uh, it's interesting to see. We're kind of seeing some compression. It's a different sort of way of looking at uh, the S&P and, and credit spreads right now. Kind of seeing a compression of uh, higher lows in credit spreads along with lower lower highs and the opposite occurring in the S&P. So some resolution out of that uh, you know, directional channel that you see right there could be an early indicator. But until those long-term trends change, it's still risk off. All right, let's take a look at the NASDAQ 100 on a weekly time frame here. Uh, price chart in the top with 10 and 40 week moving averages, RSI, and then relative to the S&P 500. Now, anecdotally, I'm, I'm, I'm through conversations and just kind of paying attention to what people are seeing out there, it still seems like a lot of people want to own the growth theme. Um, I think that that's a tough case to make with the NASDAQ 100 closing below the important 12,000 level last week, below the 10 week moving average in red, below the 40 week moving average in green. Now, if I wanted to be bullish and start to make a bullish case, I would highlight the fact that the 14 week RSI is holding above 40. But again, just like with the trend reading in my previous chart, unless we get back above those moving averages, it's really hard to make a compelling bullish case, especially when we look at the bottom of the chart here and see that the NASDAQ 100 is an underperformer relative to the S&P 500. There are a lot of stocks out there and everybody still loves these growth stocks from a couple years ago. Tough chart. All right, the yield factor, right, can be represented by represented by a few different types of ETFs. One of my favorites is the uh, VYMs, the Vanguard High Dividend Yield uh, ETF. There, uh, breaking out of relative resistance to the S and P 500, back above that rising 50-day moving average uh, of the ratio. It's been a really long time uh, before, arguably before this year and uh, quarter four of last year, that you could say. You know, dividend stocks have really started to outperform. And I think one of the things that you've been seeing highlighting in our work and our research notes is, you know, for those of you who have to remain invested, where do you put money? Where do you allocate, right? And so this, this is one of the few themes that has been working, uh, kind of resuming that uh, long-term uptrend uh, after consolidation right there this summer, uh, like you've seen many assets do. And take a look at RSI right here, back in that bullish regime. Uh, and so we could certainly see uh, potentially those June highs in the uh, uh, relative basis retested. All right, let's talk about bonds. Uh, we've been uh, unabashed bears uh, on bonds for a while. This is the iShares Core US Aggregate Bond ETF, AGG. So let's call this a proxy for the entire bond market, if you will. It's not perfect, uh, but a proxy. Last week, closed the week. Weekly closing low at the low for the cycle. Okay, low for this cycle, this downtrend that's been in place since 2020, by the way. This is not a new phenomenon. Uh, still below the important 104 level. So bonds continue to be an unsafe haven uh, in this environment. Uh, new cycle lows uh, last week, below the 10 week moving average, below the 40 week moving average, just not a lot to get excited about there uh, as it relates to the fixed income market. So that's what I brought to the table today What on what is clearly Navy Blue Day uh, here at Research by Potomac. Um, Drew, why don't you take us home? All right, everybody. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Of course, if you like this content, be sure to like and subscribe on the channel, and we'll see you in the next video. We'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.